All right, mana, uh, seminars, um, seminar number seven, developing the spirit of a winner. Uh, number seven, the first one is the power of finishing. Okay, so we're talking about developing a, a winning spirit. Um, and the, the truth of the matter is that many people on the way to win don't make it. Uh, they get discouraged on the journey and they, and they flag it away. And uh, so we need to have the determination to get through those tough times and get through those difficult times. If we're going to achieve something or anything in, in God, the one thing about it, we've got to finish the job, yes? We've got to get to the finishing line. You can't win if you don't get to the finishing line. And so we're talking about the principles that allow us to develop that sort of that winning spirit that pushes through and just keeps going no matter what. And so this whole idea of, of developing a, a, a winning spirit is, is very important. So we're going to learn a few keys. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the power of finishing and uh, not to lose heart but to keep going. And uh, next week we're going to talk about how to build a positive stronghold. We talk in the negative sense about strongholds, but the winner has very strong, a very strong hold on who they are and where they're heading and what God has spoken to them. And so we, we want to talk about building those sorts of strong uh, things into our lives. And uh, then we're going to talk about um, the awareness and acceptance of what we have. Many people don't win because they don't realize what God has given to them. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And we need to appropriate those sorts of things. And then lastly, in this series, in this module, we're going to talk about being committed to abundance. In other words, not just, uh, just getting by or just not having enough, but moving into that realm of, of, um, of having an overflow in our lives. So that we can spill over to others, that there is that we we have more where we've been blessed to the degree that it's easy to bless to be a blessing. So we need to talk about that and having the faith to to move into those sorts of things um, as well. All right, so we're looking at our scripture for this uh, module is found in Second Corinthians chapter eight, and uh, we'll go there and have a look at that and. We'll be coming back to this particular scripture for the four um, sessions that we do in this module. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse eight. So it says here, "I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love." by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. 
And so this scripture contains those four principles that we're going to be talking about in this uh, particular series. And so Paul is saying to the people, uh, you, you set out well. Last year you decided you were going to do something and uh, now he said, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to, to keep going and finish. Get the job done. And uh, this is important in our Christian walk is to bring to a completion the things that we start out in. Uh, Philippians 1 and verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of God completes what he starts, yes? Even as far as our lives are concerned, the Holy Spirit is committed to bringing to completion what he has started when you gave your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God commits himself to that and says, I'll get the job done. Work with me and, and together we will complete what has begun. Uh, and I've written down here, perhaps you started something, uh, some sort of study, uh, piano lessons, diet, get fit program, business venture, reading or prayer. And, and we make these uh, decisions to, to, to start something. And uh, <coughs> those are good things. And uh, then as we go on, then we become distracted. And things be, other things begin to crowd in, other priorities begin to come in, and we, we find it hard to just keep doing what we set out to do. And um, it, it, it's easy to start something. Uh, it's another thing, especially in church life. It's easy to have a great idea, but to carry it through is not quite so easy. Many a person has started out for, with a music group or a choir or, or said, let's, let's do something for the young mums or let's do something for the kids, for the creation, and so on, on it goes. But then, mm, the longer you go on, the more difficult it is to keep the jolly thing going. And after a few months, uh, you find that the others have dropped out and uh, you've got to recruit some more, and it's not easy. It's not easy because people... Uh, either they don't think clearly before they say till they start something, or they yes with all enthusiasm and like the old New Year's resolution. Here we go, and and uh, but but God wants us to 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 finish the work. Yes, winners finish. Yeah, and so that's very important. In John chapter four, there's another scripture there. John chapter four and verse thirty-four. Jesus said, "My food," said Jesus. He said this to the to the woman at the well. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Or He said that to the to the disciples when they turned up by, with the woman, and to finish the work. That's that's my will. On the cross, what did He say? It is finished. It is finished. Wow, and, and, and you know, he completed what he set out to do. He said, I've, I've fulfilled the purpose for my life. And, and uh, what a great statement to, to, to be able to make at the, at the end of your life. I've completed it. It's finished. Hallelujah. And he, he, he does uh, that, that great job. James chapter 1. Let's go there. The book of James, Hebrews, James chapter 1. Hebrews, James chapter 1. Verse uh, 2, <clears throat> consider it pure joy, 
My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, easy to say, not to, so easy to fulfill. Because you know, because you know, because you know, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work. See, here's this whole thing of hanging in there, of persevering until we get the job done. So perseverance must finish its work. So that, Why? So that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Boy, that's great, isn't it? Not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, uh, well, that's what, okay, we, and we'll talk about that later. But when trials come, we just got to keep pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. We all face them. We all have disappointments. We all have things that don't uh, just fall over in front of us and, you know, we're away. Uh, but we've got to push through those things to complete the task. Uh, that James 1, 2 to 4 in the message, I've written it down in your notes. It, it translates it like this. Consider it a sheer gift, friend, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. So, so, so it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Um, and it, it's, you know, it, it's easy when the sun is shining and the wind is blowing a gentle zephyr and the water has come. It's easy to be a great Christian. It is not so easy when stuff happens. Yeah? And, and, and that's where our true colours are. When we're going through the tough times, when it's not easy, when we can't see the answer, when we're not getting, uh, when it's a long journey, uh, and uh, it's, it's a whole lot of different thing to run a 100-metre sprint than to do a marathon. And many people start the Christian life and they think it's a 100-metre sprint, and they start off with a hiss and a roar, but many of us have been around long enough to know it's a bit disappointing to suddenly to find that you've actually entered in the marathon. <laughs> and you've done the first hundred metres, but you've come. Oh, I thought that was all there was. And the road stretches out ahead of us. And so we need to keep, if we're going to win, we need to keep running. See, trials and testings of our faith produces perseverance. These things bring about a maturity and allow us to complete what we started. You don't win if you quit. True? Somebody said winners never quit and quitters never win. That's true, isn't it? I don't know whether you watch, I was watching something on TV, must have been a few days back, and um, or was it on, 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 the, on the computer or something? But this guy, Mike Stowers, and he was just completing his 47th marathon. Did you see that? And, 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 and he set out to do marathons, and the first four marathons that he did, he came last. And he was, he, he was an hour or so before, after everyone else had finished and gone home. And he just kept going. And, and so he said, I'll do another one. And the same thing happened. He comes last again. And he comes last the third time. He comes last the fourth time. And finally he beat somebody. <laughs> you know? And, and, and he was getting on in years now, but he's done 47 marathons, and now he's never going to win the thing. He's never going to come first. But he, but he made this statement. He made this statement. I thought, boy, that was good, and I wrote it down. He said, to me, finishing is winning. Yes. Wow. 
He see, he he was happy just to I'll run the thing. I'm going to run the thing. Hallelujah. And then he finished. That was a win. But you know, and, and that's so true in life. You know, if we can, if we start out to do something, we need to just set ourselves and put our feet down and just determine just until we complete the thing. Yes. And that's a great thing to to do. We need to endure the difficult times and be committed to seeing it through, even when it is costing us something. Uh, Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary, what did he do? What was his great achievement? First to climb Mount Everest. Well, you can be sure he planned it. He prepared for it. He climbed and climbed and got ready for this thing, got his team together, got everything together, and then he climbed it, and he was the first. He gets to the top of Mount Everest. You know, he won the thing. He beat the thing. And, and uh, the world news echoed it round, uh, round the world, or echoed around the world. But do you think that would have been a news item if Mount Everest was flat? <laughs> you know, that he could just stroll <coughs> along and, and get to the end of Mount Everest. It's, it's no achievement. But... Many of the things that God calls us, life, the life that Jesus calls us to, it's not just a flat run. It's, it's, it has its mountains. It has its steep bits, doesn't it? And it's a great achievement just to keep going and, and to, to uh, get those things. Many Christians think that to have faith means there will never be a challenge. How many of you know that's not true? Romans chapter 5 and verse 3 to 5 says this. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we are hemmed in with troubles because we know troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. You know, there's trials, but God pours in his grace. God pours in his... We'll never round up enough containers. What's that? What, what is that alluding to? The story of, of what? Oh, the, woman the woman with the oil. Yeah, the woman with the oil. And, and she, the, the, the oil kept pouring out. Was it... Uh, uh, Elisha, was it? I think it was, or Elijah. And, and, and then her, she ran around and she didn't have enough containers. Kept going, kept going. And the oil stopped when there was no containers. And here, here Paul is saying, listen, God, will keep, in those times of difficulty, when you're climbing the mountains, the, the trials and the perseverance, God pours in of his spirit into our lives. Hallelujah. More and more grace to help us uh, in our journey. In the book of Revelation, there are seven promises to seven churches. Each promise was given to he who overcomes. That is the person who wins, yes? Jesus loves an overcoming, winning spirit. To complete a task takes a spirit of a winner. Hallelujah. Now, Paul talked about this a lot. In Galatians 6 and verse 9, I've written it there. It says, let us not be or become weary in well-doing. For in due season, what? We shall reap, and I've put in brackets, a harvest. If we faint not, and I've put in brackets, 
if we don't give up. So let us become weary. You know, this is talking about people who are on the way to winning. They are on the journey. They have set their sights. They are moving towards victory. Hallelujah. <coughs> but you know, on that journey, Paul says, you know, so don't let us come become weary in keeping going and well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. Hallelujah. If we faint not, if we don't give up. And so it's like that. So, so let's just pull this apart for a little while and let's have a look. It says, let us not grow weary. On the journey of life, on the way to winning, it is sometimes, uh, it's experience of most, that there comes points in our life where you grow weary. Now, to grow weary doesn't happen overnight. You don't suddenly become weary like tomorrow. You're great today and, and you're weary tomorrow. It's not like that. To grow weary is, is, is over a period of time, the pressures of life and the things begin to wear you down. Uh, it is not God's will that you should burn out or crack up. Some say, I'd rather burn out than rust out. You know, the enthusiasts. I'm just going to go for it. I'd rather burn out than just rust out. It's not God's will that you do either. It is the will of God to complete the task he has called us to. Now, I've put in two little verses from the book of Proverbs on your notes there. Proverbs 15 and verse 24 from the Living Bible says, The path of life leads upward for the wise. In other words, the path of the wise, the person who's wise, keeps climbing. He keeps reaching new heights. He keeps climbing those mountains. And then Proverbs 15 and verse 19 says, The path of the upright is a highway. If we keep going, then eventually we come, we come to the points of the highway. You know, when you're driving your car and you'd be going around windy, windy roads and then you come to the highway. What do you do on the highway? Put your foot down. Your foot down. <laughs> Say, oh, good. Here we go. And you make great progress quickly. And, 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 and the, the, the writer to the Proverbs is saying, the path of the upright is like, is like a highway. Is a highway. And there are times in our lives where we will accelerate if we just keep doing good. If we just keep doing right. If we just keep sowing seed. Hallelujah. Then eventually you come to that time in your life where you just really accelerate for a season of time. And you grow and you make progress in, in what you're, uh, you're trying to achieve. However, life can lead upwards. That is, there can be a few twists and turns and steep climbs. And we can face a few things that were not in our plans. It is then we can really, we can easily grow weary and be tempted to give up. See, so we've got to be careful about that. Hebrews 12, verse 2 and 3, uh, it says this. I'll read it to you, 12 and 2 and 3. What does it say? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for this joy that was set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so we look to Jesus, yes? And we see, he says, you know, he, for the joy that was before him, that was you and me. That was his church. For the joy that was set before him, he, he endured whatever God threw at him. 
And whatever others threw at him, he just endured. Hallelujah. He just kept going. Uh, the message of Bible says in verse 3, When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. You know, when we consider what Jesus went through to purchase our salvation, that he just kept going. They said, if you're the Christ, come down. Man, if it had been me, I would have been off there like a shot if I had that sort of power. But he didn't. He hung in there. He got to the finishing line. Yes. And when we get weary, uh, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, look, think about Jesus. He just kept going. To win the prize. He just kept going. Thank God for that, eh? You know, he just kept on going. And uh, so we can be encouraged when we think he's endured for us, we can endure for him. See, our enemy does not have to do a whole lot to divert us from our task. If we just lose heart and become discouraged in our soul, we can just flag it away. Why do people burn out? Why do they become so excessively weary that they give up and, and things go wrong in, 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 their, in their systems? It is not because of hard work, but it often happens when something touches our souls, our emotions, our minds, our will. That's when weariness becomes, comes in. And 3 John verse 2 it says, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. If your soul is prospering, then you will find that other things will begin to fit into place. You will prosper and your health will prosper. If we get discouraged in our soul, it is then that we grow weary. We need to be alert to signs of weariness. We can become testy, cranky. I'm sure none of you ever do this. Energy levels fall. We kick the dog. Or the cat. We speak unkindly to or about our wife or our husband. We become impatient with our kids. And we are just a bit ugly. And it's because this thing of weariness is beginning to set in and we will do things out of our character. And we need to just come back and take stock a little bit and, 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 we, and, we, and we need to refuse to become weary. What does Isaiah 40 say? Remember it says they shall mount up with... Yeah. Isaiah 40. Yeah, good. We know, we know it. That's great. 40 verse 25. Um, I think we'll just go down a bit to that. Do you not, verse 28, do you not know and have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord or wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It says those who 
hope or wait in the Lord. That's an interesting word, that word wait. There's different words translated in our Bibles as waiting or hoping. And this one is the, is, is the meaning of the word where it's a picture of where the vine, the little weak vine, it winds itself round a great pillar. And so it's got, it hasn't got strength in itself, but it, it stands upright because of the strength of the pillar. And, and this word wait means to entwine ourselves around the Lord. Hallelujah. In such a way that his strength becomes our strength and we keep standing, not because of the strength we have of ourselves, but because of his strength. And we attach, we abide in him. Amen. We wait upon him. We hope, put our hope in him. And that's the sort of the, the meaning of that, of that particular word there. Um, there's, there's a number of those things that one day I'll, I'll talk about, about waiting and, and, and on God, what it means. And uh, then Psalm 68 and verse 9, it says, did anyone look that up for me? Psalm 68 and verse 9 says, You give abundant showers, O God, you refreshed your weary inheritance. So again, we need to just hide ourselves in God, yeah? We need to wait on God and, and help and, and gain our strength from him. Gain our, exchange our strength for his strength. Okay, so the first, uh, the first thing there is let's not grow to weary. I've put there number three. It's actually number two. So cross out three and put two in your notes because my, my computer jumped. So number two, keep doing good. I was weary. Yeah, my, it was my computer, not me. <laughs> Number two, keep doing good. When you started out, you were doing good. People who don't win in life, somewhere along the line, they stop doing good. Hebrews 10, verse 36, you have need of endurance that after you've done the will of God, you might inherit the promise. Endurance brings us to the promise. It's not sufficient just to do the will of God. The will of God requires an endurance to keep going to receive the promise. And so, you know, people say, well, I've done, I've done what God's told me to do. Nothing happened, so too bad. No, no, you have to hang in there to inherit the promise. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. Just keep believing God. A winner does face discouragement. What does he do? He just keeps doing good because he believes by doing it, there will come a due season. There will be a harvest. Hallelujah. If you just keep going. Nehemiah was like that. He got started, didn't he? On building the wall in the book of Nehemiah. And we find out that he just kept going. Amidst all the difficulty, he just kept going. Verse 6 of Nehemiah chapter 4 says, So we built, rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all of their heart. And then it says in verse 7, When Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were angry and they plotted together to come and fight against. So the devils will fight. When you start making progress, they, are not, they don't care about you. If you just sit on your backside and don't achieve and don't attempt anything God for God, 
we got them sorted. That's all right. They're not going to threaten us. But you start to determine to go on with God. You get baptised in water. You get baptised in the Holy Spirit. You determine to do something uh, useful in the kingdom of God. And then the Sanballats and, the, and his mates will begin to cause trouble. But verse 15 says this. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. They just kept going. Verse 21. So we continued the work. So they came and they caused all sorts of trouble, these others. We continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. So they just kept building. Nehemiah chapter 6 says this. They said, well, these two fellows said, oh, look, we need to talk about this. We need to have a discussion. You're building this wall and it's not, you know, we, we need to talk about this whole thing and have a bit of a discussion and, you know, we need to... And, and, uh, so meet us down such and such and we'll just have a bit of a natter about it. And it says there, uh, uh, verse 3, but they were reckoning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. See? So he, they just kept building. They just kept going. Verse 15 says um, of that same chapter, So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elal in 52 days. So they got the job done. Number three, the, the, the person who wins and gets the harvest knows that there is a harvest at the proper time. You know. You know that you will see the, see the results of your sowing. There are seasons. Harvest comes in its proper season. Sometimes it feels like Jesus is asleep in the boat. The important thing is not that he's asleep. The important thing is that he's in the boat. <laughs> and he's with you. And he's there. Whether you perceive that he's asleep or awake is no problem to Jesus. Hallelujah. He's there with you. And so hang in there and believe God. Uh, I'm just been, I've just been planting out my, my summer veggie garden. And I've got all sorts of things coming and... Planted some bead seeds and some peas and corn. And... and I went down there this morning. I thought, blow it. I'm ready to pick peas. I'm ready to pick beans. I need the corn. Where's my harvest? Now I can stand down there in the middle of the garden and get all uptight and get all upset and everything. But it's not harvest time yet. So it's no use, nothing that I can do, I can water, I can make sure the harvest reaches its potential. But I can't speed it up that much, can I? But I know I'll get a harvest. I know I'll get a harvest, hallelujah. Oh yes, I'm already ready for it, but it's come. Now the winner knows that in, a, in, in the due season or at the proper time, the harvest comes in, yes? And so we just need to hang in there. There is a time for sowing and there is a time for reaping. And in the meantime, after we've been sowing, we need to keep doing good. 
And the enemy of our souls makes us feel like we're not doing any good. Oh, you're no good. You're not. You're, what's, you're wrong. You're, you know. It's just between seasons. Uh, the Bible says that in due season you will reap. A winner is committed to reaping. A winner has an eye on the prize and the promise and the harvest. In Psalm 126, what does it say? He goes forward. He who goes forward, what? Weeping and, does anyone know that scripture? Sowing seed shall what? Yeah, that's the one. Those who sow in tears, verse 5 of what Psalm 126, will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. In other words, he comes back with the harvest. Yes? Those who sow in tears will reap. So we're not to stop now. Don't rationalise your dream. Don't move town. Don't go through all the weeks and months and years of tears without a determination to reap your harvest. Do not give up before your due season. See, you've got to hang in there. Note, it is not the tears that brings the weeping. Verse 6 says, He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow. You can cry all you like about your situation. That will not bring the harvest. It's not wrong to cry. Don't get me wrong. But it's the carrying the seed that brings the harvest. The keeping doing good. You can whinge, grizzle, complain, sob and howl. These things do not bring the harvest. It's okay to do that. Well, not for months on end. But we can easily, so easily become weary. Things don't happen as fast as they should. We get criticised. Key people quit. Finances dry up. Sickness hits us. And we are tempted to stop sowing. Weeping will not bring in the harvest. Whatever else you do, Keep on bringing seed to sow, then you will reap with joy. People say, well, I'm weeping, I'm bound to reap. No, the Bible says that you'll reap if you keep sowing. <laughs> keep on doing good. Winners believe God, they refuse to grow weary, they keep on doing good. They know there is a proper time for the harvest. Number four, last one. Refuse to lose heart. Refuse, 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 refuse. Refuse, beat it off. Refuse to lose heart. Hebrews 12, 3. Consider, let's read it together. Here we go. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Again, we're encouraged to look to Jesus. We can start to get weary. We say, oh, flag it away. Oh, I can't keep going. We need to look to Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, you kept going for me. I'm going to keep going for you. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep sowing seed. I'm going to keep giving away from myself. Hallelujah. I'm just going to keep doing good. Praise God. And Lord, you did it for me. Thank you for all you've done. And I will hang in there with you for my harvest. Proverbs 4.23, let's read it together. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So Hebrews says not to lose heart. Uh, in Proverbs it says, guard your heart. So the heart, this is our part of our soul that is so important to us because this is where we grow weary, this is where we give up. 
and we begin to lose, our heart begins to shrink. Our capacity to believe God begins to shrink within us when we become weary. And we need to be careful about that. The word wellspring, it says there, above all else, God, for it is the wellspring of life. The word wellspring has the meaning of borders or parameters. And so the verse could read, above all else, guard your heart, for it will determine the borders and parameters of your life. I, I can't overemphasize that. It's our heart condition, it's our heart, it's our heart capacity that determines whether we will win and how far we'll go. And so we've got to not let our weariness and our tiredness and our people that criticize us and, and, and circumstances shrink us down from our faith, our, our heart of faith. Yes? Our heart that believes God, yeah. So that's, that's what, it's possible to think that what is happening around you is what really matters. The truth is that it is what is happening inside of you that really matters. And you can have all sorts of stuff going on around you. But if your heart's good, hallelujah, and you've got your faith in God, it's what's going on inside. You'll plow through. You'll get through it eventually. <coughs> the river of life in Ezekiel 47 gets through the desert, flows through the desert, and then produces life. And so uh, it's like that. You can go to many meetings, attend many great seminars, read many books, have as much counsel as you like, fall on the floor a hundred times, but in the end, it is what is going on in your heart that matters. It's the capacity of our heart condition. You will prosper as your heart prospers. Read John 2 again. Beloved, I wish above all things that you might be and prosper and be in health even as your soul or your heart prospers. Where does growth and development in life come from? It comes from our heart. It comes from our heart. The size of your heart determines the capacity or the borders and parameters of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about it. It's our heart. Their heart condition. Do not lose heart. Sometimes when people win the lottery, within a few years they've lost a lot. Yes? We all hear those stories. Like, How did you do that? <laughs> they get I remember seeing this, but years back I remember seeing the picture on the front news of the paper of this woman standing outside in Auckland, this beautiful home. And she just won $5 million in, 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 the, in the lottery. And she brought this amazing house. She had a brand new Mercedes and a BMW parked outside the thing. And she's standing there. And then two years later, she was back in the front page. And she was leaving the house. She had lost a lot. The whole lot. She had to sell everything. And when she sold everything, she still didn't have enough to pay her debts. She was destitute. So how can you do that? We think it never happened to me. Well, it depends upon the capacity of your heart. The reason is why they lose it is they had not developed the capacity to handle that amount of money. You see? They had not grown on the inside. Eventually, their prosperity had shrunk down to the prosperity level they had in their heart. They suffered loss because of the state of their heart. Yes? See? That's how it is. Question. How do you set up a Christian in a small business? Answer, give him a large business and leave him to it. <laughs> Oops. 
Well, that, that's, what happened. that's what could happen. Because, you know, he inherits or he buys into a, a prosperity. But if he hasn't got the heart, the capacity for that, it will shrink down to the level of his heart, of his being, yes. <coughs> Some pastors are given a church of 400 people. Within three years, it's down to 250. If he stays there another three years, it'll be down to 150. Why? That is the capacity of his heart. That, that is the capacity of his heart. And they reduce the ministry to fit their heart. The enemy would love you to lose heart. Now, they don't have to do that. You can increase the capacity of your heart. Yes? You can grow. Hallelujah. We've got to keep growing. Yes? We've got to have faith. Increase our heart and believe God. The enemy would love you to lose heart. The enemy would love for you to have a shrinking heart. He knows that your heart sets the borders and parameters of your life. So we must not grow weary and lose heart. Yes? The enemy does not need to get you or I to sin in a big way. He often becomes content if we live below our potential. He does not want us to develop the spirit of a winner. He wants us... He wants you to grow, the enemy wants you to grow weary and become discouraged and lose heart so you don't complete what you started. Hallelujah. So we need to be strong in, our, in faith and learn, and that's what we're going to do in the next session, is to start about increasing our faith capacity, understanding the dynamics of faith, building our, our, our faith life, our heart Trust in God. The spirit of a winner knows how important it is to guard his or own heart. Don't give away your heart. Emotionally, otherwise. Do not grow weary. Keep on doing good. Keep on sowing. Know this, that there is a due season for you. Hallelujah. There is a due season. There is a harvest of the things that you've sown. It will come back to you. A winning spirit declares, I will have a great harvest at the proper time. Amen? Those of faith, let's say that. I will have a great harvest at the proper time. Number two, I intend to enjoy that reaping. Number three, I will reap. Number four, I will win, and so will you, if you just don't lose heart. Yes? Hallelujah. All right, next week, how to build a positive stronghold. In other words, how to strengthen your heart to the degree that nothing can shake it. Yes? So that's what we'll talk about next time.